So welcome, everybody. Welcome to the class. Um, the title of our class tonight is Learn How to Become Your Own Dr. Doolittle. You can learn how to enjoy healthier and happier animals by speaking their language. And um, today we're going to talk about animal communication, but we're also going to talk about the human-animal-body-mind connection. Um, and what I would love to know from y'all is what you wanted to um, leave here with today that you didn't have before you came. And so what I'll invite you to do is email me with that, um, and that way later on I can double-check and see if I answered your questions or if um, if we actually missed something. So I think that would be really great. Y'all can email me at contactval at valheart.com. All right, and so to get us started today, I want to share a little story with you. When I was four years old, I thought I was a dog. <laughs> I would get down on all fours, and I would literally run around the yard barking and acting crazy, but acting like a dog. So um, we had a German shepherd at the time. His name was Fritz. He was very tolerant and very sweet, and I would always try to play with him like another dog would, and I would talk to him, and, you know, I could hear some of what he liked and what he didn't like, and, you know, a lot of what I did he really didn't appreciate very much as I remember it now. <laughs> And I'm sure that my parents were pretty worried about me. I was an only child uh, living in the country. And the truth was is that I was really, really lonely. I didn't have anyone else to play with. Besides, what I realized and know now is I actually liked animals better than I liked the people in my life at that point. <laughs> I don't know. I bet some of you can relate to that. I felt like I understood them and they understood me. And what I realized is that I, I actually had a real way with animals. I had a knack with them. Even wild animals would come to me or let me touch them or feed them. I, I remember finding a fawn um, only a few days old who had somehow had uh, part of its leg destroyed. And, and I remember talking to it and comforting it, bonding with it to a point, and then also trying to get it some help. And um, the fawn didn't live, uh, which is probably... A good thing, given the damage, um, but you know I, the fawn wasn't afraid of me, and what I realized is that, as I grew older, uh, I discovered something really quite interesting, I think, and but when I went through my manically depressed suicidal teenage years thank thank God for my animals because it was a, it was really the animals that helped me the most, um, they comforted me, they counseled me, they listened to me, they mothered me. Uh, my mare, Maisie, I had a wonderful horse named Maisie. She would actually let me cry in her mane every night. And I remember I would wait until my parents had gone to sleep, and then I would take my aching, breaking heart and all of my pain and sadness and all of my frustration and confusion, and I would go out to the stables, and I would just sit with Maisie, and I would tell her all about it and hug her and cry in her mane, like I said. And sometimes we'd go out for midnight walks and... You know, take her down to the water. We grew up by the lake, and and um, it was a, a a real touchstone for me that helped return me to balance. You know, every day, I felt close to my animals in a way that I actually never felt very close to anyone else in my life. That experience of pretending I was an animal when I was a little bitty girl. I realize now it really wasn't all just for fun, and wasn't just a little kid game. 
it was an important life lesson, and it was a soul-felt expression that helped me connect with other beings, even though they weren't human. They were. Uh, I had great respect and love for nature. And, you know, you can communicate with animals because they're always communicating with you and they want to help you. They want to teach you. They have wisdom. They have viewpoints that are unique and wonderful. They have thoughts. They have wishes. They have prayers. Um, they have philosophies of life and lessons that they've learned. And, you know, and they know so much. And one of the easiest, most wonderful ways to reconnect with animals is to simply imagine that you're an animal. Um, I go into this a lot more in depth in the beginning animal communication course. You access so much information when you're um, imagining, when you're letting yourself pretend. And guess what? It's It may start like an imagination game or a pretense, but it will open up these amazing energetic gateways to you and give you access to information that you didn't have in your human-centered uh, viewpoint. So... That's still one of the ways that I use now, and there are lots of other ways also, um, but anyone can learn this. All you have to do is imagine that you're an animal. And I'm going to do an exercise with you later on today that I think you're going to love. It's going to help you experience this. So um, for the next part here, I want to talk about how the human-animal body-mind connection really works, what it is, and why it's really important Oh, oh, and before I forget, I have a free gift for you as a thank you for attending today that I'll tell you more about later, so I hope you can stay with me. First thing you want to know is that the world, other people, and your animals mirror you. And what that means is is that they reflect you energetically. Um, often they're going to give you back exactly what you put out, um, or they're going to be in reaction, or they're going to respond to you depending on their background, their instinct, their experience, their education, their personality, and also on exactly what you yourself are uh, pushing toward them, what you're offering to them. So your behavior, your stressors, your confusion, your tension. You know, I know you've noticed that if you hold your breath, everyone around you holds theirs. <laughs> Be a good experiment. I, I used to, when I first learned this, it was fun. You know, go in an elevator or something and hold my breath deliberately and watch to see what everyone else did in the elevator. And 10 out of 10 people, unconsciously, not paying any attention to me, um, would literally hold their breath uh, with me. <laughs> so there is an energetic connection between us that is deeper than our conscious mind is aware of. So uh, we want to be open to that and be aware of it. I remember a great story. Um, one of my clients a number of years ago came to me, and she was handicapped and disabled. Uh, she came to me because her her dog, his name was Teddy, had um it was something seriously wrong with him. He couldn't pick his neck up. He was less than two years old. His hind end was collapsing. He couldn't lift his head. He was obviously in pain. And she had taken him to all these specialists and vets, and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. Some of them thought he had a one-in-a-million kind of cancer. One of them suggested that they replace his hips. One of them thought, I, I don't know what they thought, but anyway, they were all looking at his hips trying to figure out why his hips were collapsing. I mean, it was, you know, it was costing her thousands and thousands of dollars. 
with all these specialists, and none of them could could agree or figure out on what should be done. So what happened was is that she contacted me, and uh, when I talked to Teddy, uh, Teddy told me that it, the problem wasn't in his hips at all. It, the problem was in his neck. And when I did a scan on his neck, what I found was uh, what felt like a fracture or a crack in a vertebrae. It was a very fine uh, crack, and I asked him, you know, what had happened, and he told me, and it had to do with him uh, jumping around and being jumped on by the other big dog that he lived with, and and uh, he said it just hit him in the wrong way that time, and all of a sudden his head and neck were in agony. Um, and, of course, it was pinching the nerves into his hind end and back, which made them weak. And he couldn't pick his head up, obviously, because he literally had a broken neck. <laughs> we immediately changed his treatment path and program, and I sent her in a different direction with a different type of vet and asked them to look at this area on his body, and sure enough, they found the problem. She said that right after I talked to her that he actually started feeling better. I think I did some body talk healing with him as well. But he actually started acting better and seemed more relieved and more relaxed and started really resting. Within um, just a week or two, he was lifting his head up and able to walk again uh, more easily. And within a month, you never even knew anything had happened. The interesting thing, the reason I bring that story up is it's a wonderful story, but uh, here's the key. Here's the, here's the interesting thing that helps you understand the human-animal-body-mind connection, and it's that Teddy, the vertebrae in Teddy's neck was the exact same vertebrae that had broken, been broken or, um, or uh, damaged in uh, Sherry's neck. So, you know, it becomes quite clear when you look at this that our animals truly do reflect us. I want to give you a clue for to determine how much of your own issues are actually involved in what's happening. Um, and that is that any time something comes up um, that is um, upsetting you, then you know that your own issues have actually been triggered. So what the key is is to check your own reaction to what's happening with your animals. If you're calm, confident, fully present, you're consciously aware, and you're able to take appropriate action with whatever's going on, then most likely their issues are really more their own and not so much yours. The other thing that most often happens is that we attract the beings into our life that reflect us, that, that have a similar pattern or a similar lesson, life lesson that they're working on. So, you know, if someone has an issue with anger, then they're going to get an animal or a being in their life that's going to help them with that issue. If someone's having an issue with grieving or with loss or abandonment, um, then they're going to attract animals that will help them with that, um, that, you know, may share the issues. So when you identify the personal issue that's being shared, then you can do something about it in a positive way. You know, like our children, our animals often carry our own stressors, illness, and disease, and they also act them out or carry them in their own body. So that's one of the things you'll want to know. I actually taught an entire class on this called Barometers of Our Souls. Um, it's a 90-minute class on exploring the mysteries of the human-animal-body-mind connection. I, I think you'll find it interesting if you want to check that out. So this is the secret to why learning animal communication is such an exciting journey into the self, the nature, and the reality of our world. 
animals can show us a unique and remarkable behind-the-scenes look at the many complex interconnections between us all. Uh, when we all have the ability to communicate without words, but instead we can learn to communicate with imagery, focus, energetic flow, with intention and feelings, then we can truly understand and reclaim our, our knowing, our birthright of knowing how to connect telepathically. And, you know, in my world, what I think is that most people have simply forgotten how to do that. Did you know that over 90% of all communication is nonverbal? I think that's an amazing figure, and most of us don't know that at all. We think that communication is language, spoken language or written language or body language. I know most people know about that. Really, only 10% or less is a spoken or written word. All of the rest of it, and it's not just body language, it's energetic expression, it's emotion, it's visual impressions along with your intention, your attitudes, and your beliefs. And all of that comes across without saying a thing. Um, it's even in the written word, which is remarkable. You know, if you read the same passage in a book that was written when the writer was in a great space and was very happy and joyful, you would literally read that in a completely different way than you would if they were depressed or sad or grieving or were in a shocky place. Um, it, you would actually feel the energetic resonance if you were aware of it or not consciously. That's another question. But you would actually feel that. Animals are very aware of, of all of that, and they can be our master teachers in this. Animal communication is based on visualization, feelings or emotion, language or the actual story, and the concepts. So emotions and attitude give the story of the, of the concept, and that tells them whether that's a good or a happy or a rewarding thing or if it's a bad, not enjoyable, you know, to be avoided kind of thing. Um, you know, so if they're paying attention to us, they always hear what we're saying. They also feel what we're feeling or what we're projecting emotionally and energetically, and they see what's in your mind's eye. Don't worry if you aren't very visual, by the way. A lot of people aren't visual, and they get concerned about that, and they think they can't do this, and... And that's not true at all. Um, everybody has some gift and some way that they receive information and learn best or easiest. So what I tell people that aren't very visual, if you have the concept clearly in your mind and you use your emotions, then you can do this. Uh, and there is, by the way, a lot to learn about animal communication. But we're going to do an activity together in a minute so you can experience how it actually can work. This is not mind control. So you're not going to be making your animal do what you want them to do or override their feelings or their concerns. And if you're confused, then they're going to be confused too, and they will most likely lose interest. It's almost like listening to a radio station that's very staticky. You know, it's hard to hear, it's hard to understand, and it becomes rather annoying. So we tune it out. And that's usually what happens with our animals. They learn to tune us out because we're not clear. I also want to let you know that animal talk doesn't replace good training. It does support it, and it helps to make 
good sense to you and your animal because you can create more clarity about what's really uh, needed and wanted. Animal communication is actually the key behind good training, like behavior resolution or dealing with a health issue or anything like that, because you let them tell you when it works or when it doesn't work or when it makes sense to them or what they think you could do better. Or remember I was riding my horse. What I was wanting was for him to pick up a left canter lead, and uh, we were just not getting it. And for some reason he was cross-cantering, he was picking up the wrong lead and consistently uh, doing it. And and I knew I was giving him the right signals. I just knew it. I was, you know, very clear that I was doing, you know, the right leg aid and the right hand, whatever, and and had it right in my mind, and it just wasn't happening. And our trainer was getting so upset with us, and I was getting upset, and my horse, Taylor, was getting very upset. And um, so eventually we, I finally came to my senses, and I said, wait a minute, what are we doing? Here, time out, time out, time out. And I said, Taylor, what's going on here? I, I don't understand, and I'm really, really sorry. I, but I need your help here. I don't, I don't get it. What's wrong? And he said, well, your left hand is uh, like a rock. You're not letting me move my neck, and your left butt and your leg are so tight and so hard on me that I can't lift my left shoulder, so I can't give you a left canter lead. You're in my way. It's, of course, he was right. That was exactly what I was doing. But I didn't know. I wasn't aware of it. And so that happens in training all the time. Uh, we think we're giving the right signal or cue, or we think we've taught that. Um, but what the animal actually hears or what they receive from us is totally different. So I want to help you experience how this feels for yourself. What I want you to do then is take a minute and think of a really fun activity that you want to do with your animal. Anything that gives you a joyful heart when you watch your animal do it. I want to take a minute to relax, to walk you through a little bit of visualization, just a meditation, and all you have to do if you can't visualize, just stay with me. Listen, do what you need to do the best way you can. All right, so take a minute now to relax and de-stress. We're going to calm and be present. So sit quietly with your eyes closed. Have a nice big breath. Relax your jaw. Take another deep cleansing breath, filling your body with oxygen light. And just continue to breathe gently. Inhale and exhale. Religious traditions from all around the world use light as a symbol for the spirit. We can use this image to contact the spirit within ourselves. They take another nice deep breath. And the next time you inhale, imagine a point of light at the core of your being. It exudes brilliant white energy. Feel it. Notice how big it is and what color it is. Notice if it feels hot or cool or 
just normal temperature. Notice the emotion attached to it. If there is one, just be aware. Now, on every inhalation, imagine that this light is growing brighter and radiating out further from your inner self until it extends into every part of your body. Another nice deep inhale, continuing to focus on your white light and let it gently begin to flow out to shine on the world around you. Now, shift your focus. Focus toward your animal and get their attention gently. So you don't have to control them or go over to them or touch them or anything like that, unless you particularly want to, and you're welcome to if you do. You'll notice that when you shift your focus to your animal, that they connect with you, especially when you shift your focus with the intent to communicate or connect. They might flick their ear. They might look at you. They might take a deep breath. Now, invite your animal friend to join you in spirit and notice the shift of energy when the connection actually happens. If you're aware, if you're consciously aware and you're looking for it, you'll notice. You'll feel it. So imagine yourself now doing that fun activity that you wanted to do with your animal friend. The joy of it the exuberance of it, or just the sheer excitement. How would it feel to do that? How would your body parts move? Can you imagine it? How would your body feel? Would your would your heartbeat increase? Would you... Stretch? Would you run? Would you would you laugh? Would you smile? Feel it. Let yourself really imagine it fully, the joy of it, and experience it like you were already there, like right there, doing it with them right now. Now, bring in all your senses. What would you smell if you were actually doing this with your animal? Would you smell anything? Just notice. Would there be any sounds? Would you hear them? Would you hear something else around you? What would you be touching? Would you be touching them or maybe the ball or the ground or their fur or their lead rope or whatever? Would you be touching anything? How would it feel if you touched it? Now, 
Maybe you're sharing an apple with your horse or something like that. Could you taste it? If you could lick it, what would it taste like? Yeah, take a moment and notice. How do you feel about your animal right now? And take a check. Just take a take a touch check. How are they responding to you? Has anything changed? Just be aware. Now, look a little more closely with a soft, gentle focus toward your animal and feel the love and the joy that you have for them and how grateful you are that they're in your life. Know they can and they do reflect who you are back to you. And now, make a shift and look at yourself through their eyes. Get in their body. Be them. Imagine that you have their feet and their head and their tail. You're their size. And let yourself feel their energy and their feelings. Be aware of their thoughts or any other impressions. How does it feel to be in their body looking at you as a human? And what do they see when they look at you? What do they feel about you? Notice their attitude. Go ahead and let yourself sense fully what it's actually like to be in their body, to live their life. How are they being treated by humans? How are they being treated by other animals, either of their own kind or of other kinds? What wisdom or warnings do they have for you? Just stay present and see what you get. See yourself inviting them to do the activity that you wanted them to do. Now, you're remember that you're in their body watching yourself as a human inviting them to do an activity. And notice how do you feel as this animal? How do you feel about that?
do they want to? If they want to, then enjoy doing it with yourself as a human. Have fun. If they don't want to, ask them what would they rather do instead and then do that with them. When you're ready, bring yourself back to present time. Feel your body. Wiggle your toes. Breathe. Shift around and ah, energize again and smile. And you can open your eyes. And take a minute to notice what did you get from that? What happened for you? What did you notice? The next thing I'd like you to try is to try this again on your own and see what happens. I don't want you to get discouraged if it doesn't seem to work right away. I want you to keep staying focused and calm, making an open invitation. They have the right to accept your invitation or not, to do it exactly the way you envisioned it, or to choose their own way in a way that works maybe better for them. Or they may want to try something else entirely and offer you a new game of their own choosing, which, I mean, how fun is that, right? That's what I'd like you to try and to let me and let me know. Let me know what happens. Uh, when I first started doing this, uh, communicating with animals, um, I shared how I shared basically the same process with my husband, and I, um, you know, just encouraged him to give it a try. I mean, he was looking at me like I'd lost my mind, so I said, "Well, just give it a try and see what happens." And we had two cats at the time, and um, he thought about it for a while, and he was watching a football game or something on TV, and he had the idea that it would be really nice to watch the game with his chips and popcorn or whatever he had we was, you know, chewing on, as we always do watching games. Um, and then he thought it would be really wonderful if Peach, our black and white cat, was in here with me. She could sit on my lap and, and take a nap, or she could we'd just hang out together because he really liked my cat. So he got up and he went in and he found her and she was in the garage and he went in there and he said, okay, I'm going to try this. And so he imaged in his mind that she would get off the car and go into the house and come back there into the the room where he was watching TV and he would she would climb up beside him and it would make him feel really wonderful and it would be a really lovely thing to do. He would really appreciate it if she did that. And so he did that, and he felt it, and he did what he needed to do and all that, as I had described. And uh, she just laid there and looked at him. <laughs> she didn't do anything. She just laid there and looked at him. And um, so he decided that, oh, good heavens, this doesn't work. What was I thinking? This is silly, you know. 
so he stomped off and went back into the you know TV room and and chilled out and got his popcorn and his beer whatever it was and and uh, so he's just hanging out there watching TV and you know writing it off as as ridiculous you know anyway about five minutes later um, Peach comes sauntering into the room and hops up right beside him exactly where he had envisioned her and uh, settled down and she's purring and very happy to connect with him. And what had actually happened is as she was in a nice, lovely, relaxed space. He came in and gave her an invitation, and she said, hmm, I'll think about it, as a cat will do, of course. And uh, so she thought about it, and she thought, hmm, okay, yeah, that'd be all right. And so she climbs down. She comes in the house. She thought, you know, I'd like a bite to eat. So she goes to her food dish and has a few bites of dry crunchies and um, and then she saunters on back into the room and, you know, and so it wasn't that she didn't get the message. It's that she had free will. You know, she had a choice. She thought about it. She decided, you know, that's a good idea. I could do that. I'm, I'd be happy to do that. And um, she did it when she was ready. So what what sometimes discourages people when they're just starting is that we don't see our animals jump up and elatedly go do exactly what we told them to do. Um, you know, they have a they have to have a chance to process the invitation, right, to think about it. Um, they have the right to accept the invitation or not or do something else. Uh, so it doesn't mean you didn't connect with them. It just means there may be something else going on. So I hope you enjoyed that. I do have a special gift for you for attending today. Um, I created a telepathic communication with other species tips sheet on the eight most important points to remember when you're learning to communicate with animals. And it's free. Um, all you have to do is go to my website and ask for it. You'll go to www.valheart.com forward slash dolittlegift.html www.valheart.com forward slash d-o-l-i-t-t-l-e-g-i-f-t dot html. I hope you can see there really is a lot to learn to master animal communication, but anyone can get started. This is a very simple technique. It works really, really well. The only drawback to this one is that Usually beginners are not as adept in receiving information back and understanding what the animal is trying to tell them. But this is a very easy way to share with your animal what you want them to know, to tell them stories. You can use this to talk about going for a car ride or you're going to go out for a little while and then you'll be back. You know, what time will you be back? I'll be back at 530 there is more to learn. Um, I do have several home study courses that are available, and I have other live teleclasses coming soon. So I'd love for you to get to join me on those. I'm going to be teaching an entire series of classes on how to have a happy, healthy dog, things, mistake, things you can do to avoid making the mistakes that most dog parents make, and also how to connect with your dog. We're going to be talking about all kinds of things about dogs. So dealing with barking dogs, you know, dealing with dog aggression, peeing and pooping in the house, marking territory, uh, pulling you down the street on the leash. We're also going to talk about a lot of other things, including health, just tons of stuff. So 
um, if that interests you at all, be sure and, and uh, keep an eye out for that. If you would, please um, email me, contactval at valheart.com, and let me know how you enjoyed class, if you have other questions, or if you wanted something that you didn't hear tonight, I'd like to know what that was. If you got anything of value that you can use in your life, I'd love to hear how that worked. And, of course, what I'd like to hear is how did that exercise go for you? What did you do? What happened? What what'd your animal do? Did your animal do anything? Did he play or did they show you anything? Really, really hope that you enjoyed our time together, that you got what you came for. If you have other questions, comments, or feedback about the class, please email me at contactval at valheart.com. And remember to go get your gift at valheart.com forward slash do little gift dot html.